This is the How Did You Get Into That Podcast with Graham Baldwin, episode 59. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another delicious episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant. It is great to have you here with us. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving last week, wherever you find yourself in the world, however you may be doing. Got a lot to be thankful for. As we enter December, we start to wind down the year 2014. It's been a really, really great year. Excited to have uh, got this podcast off the ground. And we've got uh, literally thousands and thousands of listeners all over the world, over 150 countries, people that are listening. So really, really great to have you here with us. Got a great day all the way through the day that I'm excited about. We're doing a giveaway today. We've got a webinar later. So lots of good stuff I'm going to be telling you about. So I'm going to tell you more about those things at the end of the interview today. But first, let's get to this interview today. Uh, we are joined by my friend Connie Wan, who uh, she is a event and party planner, some, uh, legit parties, some legit gatherings and events for people. And her company is literally called Party Animal. So you know, it's going to be really cool. So uh, we talk a lot about different things that uh, the, about how she got into the business and how she's built her business uh, and how she's really kind of figured it out as she went. So uh, let's get into it. Here you go. Interview with Connie Wan from Party Animal. Enjoy. All right. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by the first lady of hustle, as she dubs herself. We're talking to Connie Wan, who runs a company, an event production and party production company called Party Animal. So you know right out of the gate, it's got a cool name, so it's going to be a cool girl. So uh, Connie, what is up? How you doing? Hey, Grant. How you doing? I'm doing delightful. Thanks for hanging out with us today. So Party Animal. Okay. Now, this is like we were just talking offline a little bit. This is the legit name of your business, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. What do you do? I know you're in events and parties, but give us, I mean, you sound like the life of the party and you're, you're bringing everybody to you. So give us an overview of your business. Well, the name is a little tongue in cheek because we do do a lot of, you know, very serious kind of execution and event productions for people. But certainly we really like to have fun. We like to bring the party. We think, you know, having a real good sense of elements that make a great environment and a great experience for guests is really sort of at the crux and at the ethos of of what our objectives are. So party animal certainly gives you a strong visual when you hear it, but we are actually very serious and and take our jobs very seriously in creating environments and experiences for people. Yeah, when I speak at a lot of different conferences and travel around the country, and so I'm at a lot of types of events. And so one of the things I always tell new speakers is you are one very small piece of a lot of moving pieces to any type of event or party or, or production in any way. So I know that there's obviously the fun element you have to bring to it, but at the same time, there is a lot of moving parts going on behind the scenes, it seems like. Absolutely. I think a lot of people think of event production as this very glamorous, you know, kind of posh experience where you're just like, you know, clinking champagne glasses. And there's actually a lot of paper pushing and logistics and sort of organizing behind the scenes that is very not glamorous. I can't even tell you how many times I've loaded in porta potties or had to mop <laughs> the floor right before doors or, you know, any number of things that 
you don't know have to happen to make the party feel right. So it, yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's good to hear. Cause I think that's the case with like any career or industry or business, you know, or entrepreneur endeavor. I think there's, you know, people say that to me sometimes of, wow, you get to travel the country. That sounds cool. And I said, yeah, I mean, a lot of the times it is cool, but you know, people don't always see any job that's just, it becomes work, you know? So you, you have to really enjoy what it is that you do to carry you through the work portion of, of it. So tell us this. I'm just curious, what like of all the different events and productions that you've done, what makes an event like a really good event? I think that the at the crux of it, it, if you have a team that is really into and sort of focused on creating an experience, that is ultimately what shines through. So intention. It's as simple as the intention to create something for people that they haven't experienced or is a heightened level of hospitality or just kind of blows their minds. I always walk around to all of my team members and sort of vendors and stuff before we open doors and ask everyone to sort of take a deep breath and, you know, leave all of the things that, you know, they walked into the room with like, you know, past transgressions or issues on their way there or problems with their significant others or whatever it may be and set their intention to like kind of have a good mind space and energy when you open doors because the energy that we have when we we start is what kind of sets the tempo for the event. Do you still get stressed right before you open doors for a party or an event? It all depends. I mean, certain circumstances, things have, you know, completely fallen apart and we're not going to be ready or, I mean, it just depends. I mean, in scale almost never affects that. I mean, it could be the smallest party for, you know, 50 people, VIPs at a grand opening of a store and things could have all gone wrong that day and I could be super stressed or we could be opening doors for 5,000 people and everything's gone smoothly and there's there's no problem. So it's real circumstantial. I would assume that that saying that the show must go on is like so, so rings so true for you, huh? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there could be fires and brimstone and police cars and issues behind the scenes. But, you know, what we're going to present to people and the experience is always going to be one of, you know, kind of calm and and excitement and sort of enthusiastic joy. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. You never get to let them see you sweat. That's right. That's right. That's part of the trickery. How long have you had Party Animal? How long have you guys been in business? So we have been, so it's kind of been an organic metamorphosis of things. You know, my background is really in the music industry. I started by booking and doing PR for bands and that kind of evolved into like booking DJs back in the early 2000s when, you know, DJs were just starting to become something. So I would book DJs for people's Christmas parties and, you know, ask them, well, where is this going to be and how, you know, long are they going to need to play and how are they going to be set up? And that kind of unraveling of details always led people to say, you know, we don't know. We don't know how, you know, these things are going to come together. So it just kind of organically happened that I went from, you know, sort of this music business kind of job to just managing more details for events and taking on more details for parties and such. So I've been doing that kind of iteration for probably almost 10 years, but we kind of went official with Party Animal and, you know, finally named 
and branded ourselves in the last two years. It's kind of one of those things as an entrepreneur where you're so busy doing actual work that you just don't have the time to like make a website and do Twitter and, you know, all of those things that let people know that you're open for business, which I think is good. It's good to be too busy to do that. But, you know, we just in the last two years actually officially branded ourselves party animal. So we've been in business for over 10 years, but we've been party animal for two years, I guess. Nice. I dig it. All right. Let's backtrack a little bit. So growing up, well, first of all, where'd you grow up at? Where were you from? Denver, Colorado, born and raised. All right. So you start out in the mountains there. Like, what do you want to do growing up? What was what was life like as a, as a kid? I always saw myself working for the environment. I always, I always pictured myself going to school for environmental law, prosecuting, you know, companies that were doing business that was bad and damaging to the environment. I graduated, you know, with an environmental studies degree with a minor in political science and safely say that I use very little of that now. It tends to be the case with a lot of people I talk to. Yep. That I've got the degree. I've got the fancy, expensive piece of paper hanging on the wall. That does little to nothing to do with what I do today. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure, you know, all of us could extract skill sets and, and sort of sure. ideas that we learned in those times. But certainly it's not a direct, you know, I wasn't set on a path from my college majors. Yeah. I mean, obviously from the outside looking in, you know, environmental law to booking DJs to party animal is a bit of a leap. But I think that's, I think that's what's, what's cool about a show like this. And what's cool about hearing your type of story is so many people that we've talked to on the show, they have such a similar story where it, there's no like linear path that, you know, that made sense if I went here and then logically I went here and logically I went here and now I do parties and, and events. It's like, no, no, right. I started way out in left field and and now all of a sudden I'm way over here. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's encouraging for people to hear that that people's trajectory is just kind of all over the place to get from where they are today to where it is that they want to be. So once you, you're kind of going down that environmental law path, are you after college, are you working for a, a firm or anything doing that? Or, or where does that kind of stand? No. So I mean, I've always in college kind of worked, you know, in the music industry as my side job. So, you know, I worked in a box office at the local music venue while I was in college and um, always just kind of worked for nonprofit action groups. Like back in Colorado, it was Coperg. Here in Oregon, it was Osberg. I did some time with like the Sierra Club, you know, things like that to kind of keep my foot in that arena. But I never actualized the like fantasy of working for an environmental law firm or anything too serious outside of the pergs and the like sort of local grassroots organizations. That's interesting you say that because it sounds like coming out of school and just kind of your starting career was I'm, I'm going to do this environmental law thing. The hobby on the sideline is going to be more the the music, the party, that kind of world. And now it sounds like it's kind of flopped where it's a reverse, I guess, where the the party scene and the, the events and the music is more the full-time thing and the environment and that side is more of the, the hobby. Is that right? Absolutely. Now, yep. Is that ever intentional at all? Or is that just kind of how it came to be? It just kind of came to be. And, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about like a non-natural trajectory, it's like, that's exactly right. And I think it's interesting that you are gravitated towards and reach out to people that probably have a very similar experience in that, like, we are all kind of on this oddly organic and natural path that just like leads us to this thing that we never really pictured ourselves doing or thought was even 
possible for a career, but is just kind of a natural progression toward where we end up. And I think that that speaks to who you probably interview a lot. It kind of, you're attracted to those people that are kind of doing what they're supposed to do for lack of a better you know, term, they're just kind of following their experience toward what they should naturally be doing. Yeah. How do you make that transition when you're in the, the environmental law stuff and you're feeling like, you know, it sounds like this is a you know cool career. It sounds like it's something that you're into, but there's also this music part that's just kind of pulling you. How do you decide to mentally make that leap? Because I think there's some people that may be listening that are like, you know, I've got my job that I'm doing and I enjoy it. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But I've got this side hustle, this little hobby, this little endeavor on the side that I'm really digging. And I don't know if there's enough there to make a run at it or if I just stay put and keep doing the, you know, let it be a hobby and just keep my day job as my day job. So how do you kind of rationalize that in your mind of, of to making the leap into music? I think that at some point you have to just risk it. It's just a, like, it's absolutely a leap of faith. And you just decide that like, you know, what you're doing on the side needs to become what you put your energy towards. And there's no guarantee that there's going to be a firm foothold or there's going to be anything to catch you, but that you know that, you know, if you leap, what's going to be waiting for you on the other side, the rewards are going to, you know, far surpass this sort of maybe mediocre or safe existence that you kind of are, you know, staying in and that you just kind of trust in yourself. So really it comes down to like the self generated trust that you'll be able to manage like whatever comes up and that you'll be able to make it, you know, it's not a, a clear line either. You know, it's, I mean, I certainly had many years of doing all kinds of jobs and taking many jobs for less money than I should, or, you know, just kind of trying to get your name out there and experience as much as you can to see what parts you enjoy and what parts you don't. Well, how long were you dabbling in the music industry before you made the leap from environmental law into that? I probably worked like fully, actually, truly in the music industry for probably six or seven years. And then the transition was definitely the like, you know, I went from booking like bluegrass bands and rock bands to booking DJs. And then that booking of DJs opened up (laughs) the doors with clients and circumstances where I, you know, was put in front of them to book a DJ for an event and they didn't have those details of the event ironed out. So then I then started managing the details of those events just because I was merely booking them a DJ. So that transition is very clear and transparent, like how that kind of happened, you know, and now even now the events I do still touch music and DJs and such, but obviously it's way more on a production end. you know, you're managing more like build out vendors and, you know, different kind of elements that don't necessarily touch the music industry. So it was a very kind of smooth transition. Yeah. And I think that's really important to note that, you know, you're kind of dabbling with music for six, seven years before there's kind of a clear logical path of what that next step might be. And I think that's, I think that's important for people to hear that sometimes, you know, you start doing something on the side, that's a side hobby or side business. You're like, man, is this, you know, I've, I've been doing this for, for a whole week, you know, should I make the leap? And I was like, no, no, no. Sometimes you just got to like, let it marinate and just kind of just kind of sit there and kind of simmer to figure out, is this the right thing? Would the logical path be? And so you took a leap, but at the same time, it sounds like it was a very calculated leap and the, the, the path of where you were leaping to was somewhat clear for you. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was almost like the road just laid out in front of me. I don't think it was like a conscious decision or if it was even necessarily super intentional. It just kind of happened. And then I kind of woke up one day and was like, wow, I'm really like producing events. This is really kind of gaining momentum. And in total interesting and ironic sense, I still to this day produce events for some of those people that like were my you know, beginning sort of bridge clients that like asked me to come on board and manage some of those elements. I still do their holiday parties and, you know, some of those things for them. (laughs) So it's been a very, you know, like kind of serendipitous, but also like you said, calculated somewhat path, you know, it's like a little bit of luck and a little bit of, you know, just like sort of ingenuity and going for something. Yeah. And at the same time, I think it sounds like the skill set that you had built in the music world like obviously translates extremely, extremely well. Like sometimes I think we, we build up these skill sets in certain industries and we feel like, well, this is the only industry where I can possibly use this. And it's like, no, no, like you're still obviously using your skill sets and talents to book vendors and to book DJs and to book musicians and artists and bands and creatives for, you know, the various types of events and parties and, and productions that you have. So that skill set still carries over like well into the future for you. Yes, absolutely. It's exciting to like be in a position where each day is kind of like defined by ourselves and we know that like what is coming in the future can continually to progress. It's like, you know, the opposite of working for a company where you quickly hit the glass ceiling in something. It's like sky's the limit and you really, you know, the possibilities are kind of endless. Yeah. Very cool. So whenever you, you, you kind of make that transition there into music, you're doing music for a while, then you make the transition to, to Party Animal. What was like, at what point did you realize there was a real need here where it sounds like you're, you know, you're talking to a couple different venues that are booking DJs and that's about all they know to do. And there's obviously a lot of other details that go into it that they just haven't thought through. Like how many times do you have to hear that before you realize like, okay, maybe I need to be the the person that brings the rest of the pieces of the puzzle together. How do you determine that versus you could have just stayed put. You could have just kept booking DJs and been sounds like maybe perfectly content. So how do you know when there's enough there to maybe transition to something different? Sure. I mean, I think it's, you know, again, it was really organic. It just like, as more people ask for that kind of support and you get kind of known for that and you're still booking DJs and you're, you know, still whatever house sitting or, you know, doing these other jobs to kind of make ends meet. And then it just, you kind of look up one day and suddenly, yeah, you're, you know, you're producing five events and you don't have time to like manage the DJs or, you know, do your dog walking gig or whatever it is. Then it kind of is a natural progression towards that. But I think, there's something interesting about to note that like when you put your energy towards something or when you kind of ask the universe or tell the universe that like this is the direction you want to go or this is what you want to do, I think everything conspires to make that happen for you. So, you know, the more that I did accept those jobs and the more that I did look toward, you know, actually becoming an event producer and and producing things on a larger scale, not just managing the musical portion of things, but all of the details for people, you know, more and more of those gigs showed up. So whenever you are making that transition from booking DJs into event production, you mentioned the dog walking. Are you just kind of doing a couple things on the side to just make ends meet? Yeah. 
of course, everything from that to like house sitting for people. I mean, things that never conflicted with the time or energy that it would take to produce an event, but just the things that you do to sort of get by, you know, like selling your CDs and walking dogs and house sitting and babysitting for friends and, you know, all those little things that just kind of like create a web of, of activity so that you can, you know, pay your rent and your bills. Yeah. I think that's so important for people to hear. Like, again, uh, I, like we were kind of talking about earlier, there's no like yellow brick road that you followed. You know, you get to the spot where there's a season where while you're chasing your dream, you're walking dogs and you're uh-huh. house sitting and you're doing very non-glamorous, non-sexy stuff. But it's like, that's the stuff you're willing to do though, in order to chase the dream in order to make the thing happen. Yeah, I think that there's an interesting fallacy with entrepreneurship that like, oh, you just like, you know, it's this easy linear path and you wake up one day and suddenly you're an entrepreneur at whatever X thing that you've decided you want to do. And it's like, no, I mean, to be an entrepreneur, you know, that adage is is really true. You work 80 hours for yourself to not work 40 hours for somebody else and you really are doing anything and you know your dedication to it is has got to be a level of perseverance that like you will sacrifice and do whatever it takes to get to where you need to end up so it's a true plight and a true sort of journey and challenge to do it. Yeah, for real. Now, whenever you're booking DJs and you're starting to realize there's this need there, it's one thing to see a need uh, that exists in the marketplace or some type of gap. It's another thing to feel like you're the person that's supposed to help fill that. So whenever you're seeing all of these uh, events or, organi- or quote-unquote organizers who don't really they just don't know what they're doing or don't know what they're missing. It's kind of one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. Are you immediately feeling like, Oh, that's me. I could totally do that. I want to, I want to take care of that. Or is it kind of like there should be someone out there, but I don't know that it's me. Like, how did you differentiate that in your own mind? I initially felt like I didn't know what I was doing. So I took on and tried every single facet of that from like producing a like wedding to producing a magazine launch to producing like a a birthday party. I mean, so I felt like, I guess there was a general sense of I could do that. I think the question that I was trying to decipher was, do I want to do that? Do I want to be known as the person that does quinceañeras for dogs or, you know, whatever specialty (laughs) kind of event there is out there? You know, there's just such a myriad of things. And the term event producer is a very kind of broad term. So I just took on everything that I could to really see what I liked. So it wasn't really a question of like, that should be me or can I do it? I always felt fairly confident in that. I mean, if you're organized and detail oriented, you can basically produce an event. You know, you have to be really laser focused on keeping those things in order and keeping those things moving. But certainly it's not rocket science or it's not a skill set that is foreign to a lot of people, but it really comes down to Do you want to do that? Because frankly, I think any of us in any profession, I mean, I'm sure there's certain things that are affiliated with your work that you don't favor doing and those things you probably don't do as well because you don't, that's not your skill set. So spending the time to figure out what you're good at and what you like about what you're pursuing is also a really nice sort of gift to give yourself so that you don't end up being the accountant and the promoter and the this and the that and finding yourself in a bunch of tasks that you'd maybe do 
you know, real menially because they're not your skill set or your strong suit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think if you try to be all things, all people, then you pretty, you become very, very mediocre at best at any of them. Uh, and there's just, you can do a few things really, really well. And then there's other things that you just can't. So it sounds like for you, as you're kind of getting started in the, in the party and event space, that the way you figured out which events would be great for you and which events would not is just trial and error. Yep. You got it. Just like doing a lot of stuff that you didn't want to do or that you found, Hey, you know what? This is really, this feels really good to me. This is the space that I want to be in, you know? And, and then just kind of really curating that and, and, you know, finding out who did things or who does things in that arena. So it was like, then suddenly, as soon as I discovered, okay, you know, I really like this sort of culture and lifestyle aspect. You know, I went after clients like the Ace Hotel and Stumptown Coffee Roasters and people that were doing things that I really liked and had a cultural relevance to them, you know, and developed partnerships and relationships with them that were existed in a creative exchange, you know, so I'm producing events for the Ace Hotel and I'm getting to, you know, add creative input to, you know, how their brand should be perceived through these events and such. And so it really kind of, you know, created this lane and this space for me that was even more exciting than, you know, producing weddings or something. When you were just getting started, were there certain types of events that from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, that is me. I would love to do that. But then you got into it and it just wasn't exactly what you bargained for. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I would say weddings, you know, is a really strong response to that because it really there's such joy and sort of like who doesn't want to celebrate love you know but then you get into the meat of it and like the terms bridezilla and like monster-in-laws are completely true I mean the gravity that is put on that day is so intense that like people do kind of lose their minds and you know <laughs> I produce for all kinds of big companies like Nike and Adidas and Wyden and never has a you know creative director or an art director or even like you know a global director of any of those companies acted out the way that like a mother of a bride acts out, you know? <laughs> so I quickly sort of identified, you know, and I, I'll still do a wedding for a friend for like, you know, as their wedding gift. If it's someone that I know and can say like, Hey, cool it. You're acting kind of crazy right now or something. <laughs> There's very that, clear boundaries going into it. Exactly. It kind of changes the opportunity for that. But yeah, certainly as soon as I, you know, kind of got a couple weddings under my belt, I was like, wow, this is, you know, signing up to kind of be someone's whipping post for a while because <laughs> there's such emphasis and kind of, you know, stress on being that person and, and making the day the perfect day they've ever imagined, which, you know, none of us live inside anyone's head. So we don't know what that looks like until, we, you know, it's happening. So. Right. And I like, you know, I like that you alluded to that. Cause again, like you said, from the outside looking in, you think like, man, you like weddings. You're not against love. Therefore, you would think that putting on weddings would be a great fit, but you, you don't know until you try. And then you try and there's some parts of it you're like, this is really cool. And other parts you're like, no, thank you. And it's yeah. like that with any type of business, career, profession, whatever it is, there's some parts from the outside looking in, you're like, that seems great, but you don't know unless you try it. So you got to be able to just try it and see what gels with you, what connects, what clicks, what resonates and what doesn't take what you've learned and kind of pivot or, or go whatever direction from there. 
there. So exactly. I mean, I'm mean, looking at your side and even some of the, the companies you rattled off there, you know, Ace Hotel, Adidas, Nike. I mean, you're working with some major companies and organizations. If someone's listening to this, they want to get into the event planning space. How do you get in front of major brands, major companies, major organizations that are, that are putting on events? You do your homework and you try to find people that, you know, are either in those organizations or affiliated with them. One thing that I find is a marvel, especially now with all of the tools from LinkedIn and Instagram and, you know, all of the different things that exist, the platforms for reaching people, which frankly weren't there when I got started, is that if you reach out to people, most people will respond. It's not, I mean, I think often we have this idea that like, oh, you know, you're the CEO or creative director of this company. You would never have time for little old me. But the thing is, it's like we are all humans and we all desire to be validated and acknowledged for what we do. And simply reaching out to someone and saying, you know, I admire your work. I'd love to take you out for coffee or, you know, any kind of acknowledgement of people's place in the world and what they're creating. I think people are receptive to that. So if, if you're a fan of someone's work, you know, of course, obviously it's all in the approach and you don't want to be like creepy or overbearing about it, but like fangirl stalking. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, but I think, you know, certainly we are all humans. And at the end of the day, we crave that sort of acknowledgement for what we're creating. I'm sure you have days, Grant, where you create a million mini miracles and no one sees them. And, you know, you might get home and someone sends you an email. It's like, hey, I really love what you're doing and listening to your interviews. Like, you know, would you get coffee? I'd love to hear about, you know, how you got started. And you leap at that opportunity because, you know, as a human, you you still want that acknowledgement that you're putting something useful and creative and interesting into the world. So I feel like all people are accessible. It's all in the approach. It's all in the authenticity and sort of genuineness in the ask. And now with the platforms that there are, it's like you can almost reach anybody. So yeah, just kind of being yourself and like, you know, being genuine about what you see in them that you like. I mean, it's often easy to tell when someone's reaching out to you because they want to like mimic or ride the coattails or maybe they haven't actually done their homework about you that you just have a little visibility and they're, you know, interested in that. But when a true fan or true sort of inspiration, you know, comes to you and says, Hey, you know, I'm really into what you're doing. Like, you know, you can tell and I and I think anyone will always make time for that. So, you know, certainly the brands that I'm in contact with are, you know, just regular old people who either attended things that I did and I got their cards and asked them to coffee and, you know, conversations generated or I just directly went after because I'm like, wow, what you're doing is really inspiring to me and I'd love to contribute or help you in some capacity, you know? So it's just really like connecting with what is interesting and inspiring to you. Yeah. And you you brought up so many great points there. One being that, you know, we look from the outside looking in, it's like, you you know, we see logos and brands and big names, but behind brands and logos is people and people do business with people and people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And so uh, I love the, the way you just phrased it there. It's like, 
it's easy to overcomplicate it, but at the end of the day, it's just people interacting with other people and yep. just acknowledging people and admiring and respecting their work. Again, not in a stalker creepy way, but right. just as a one human being to another human being, just saying, I really like what you do. And I I would love to connect with you sometime. And I, I think that's, uh, I think that's so, so easy to, to overlook. Let me ask you this to kind of wrap up here for someone that may be listening to this. I know we've had several people that have reached out who are, who are just interested in getting into the event planning space. Is there anything, any advice that you would give to someone who's brand new to the industry, who's trying to figure out how they, they book their first few events or gigs or how do you, what were some, and you gave a great one right there of just connecting with people, but anything else that people can do to kind of get going and get their foot in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. Say yes to everything. (laughs) When you are in a position where you haven't done a lot of work or you don't have a breadth of work to like showcase what your specific skill set is and you don't know if you're a wedding planner or you're a large-scale event producer or you're just going to throw dance parties, it's good to kind of say yes to everything to figure that out and just kind of you know cut your teeth on all of the different opportunities that will come to you to help develop and hone in on what your actual desire and sort of skill set will lead you towards. So saying yes to everything, being nice to people and also being a, a, a really strong communicator, you know, like I treat the security guards at the event the exact same as I, I treat like a speaker or talent like you that's going to be on stage because you never know when you're going to need to like look at that team member and, and rally their help. And if you've treated them like a security guard or a door person normally gets treated, they're not going to respect you and, and come to your aid. You know, I think that you treat everyone on the team exactly the same as you treat the talent. You know, we're all there to make a great experience for people and how you set the pace and how you show up and represent that treatment is the thing that sets the tempo. So I think that that's, that's really important too, to great. remember. Cool. Very, very good stuff. Hey, Connie, really, really appreciate you sharing your story and your journey. If people want to learn more about you, uh, your company, what it is that you, you do, where can we go? We are at www.wearepartyanimal.com. And then, you know, on the Instagram, wearepartyanimal.com. And of course, they can just reach me at Connie at wearepartyanimal.com as well. Beautiful. So people, you just heard her. Take some of those next steps. If you're interested in this industry, then uh, don't be shy. Reach out to her. Don't stalk her. But just tell her that you appreciated her taking the time to share her journey and story. I certainly appreciate the time and enjoyed uh, enjoyed chatting with you, Connie. So we will look to uh, come to one of your parties or events in the near future. Please please do. And thank you so much, Grant. It's an honor to be asked to sit and and speak with you. So thank you for your time and what you do. Absolutely. Thanks, Connie. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Okay. Take care. Boom. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Connie Wan from Party Animal. Uh, as always, feel free to stop by GrahamBaldwin.com. You can check out the show notes, links, everything we discussed there at GrahamBaldwin.com slash Connie Wan, W-O-H-N. There we go, W-O-H-N. Stop by, check that out. Would love to have you there. Uh, again, really cool story. Loved her journey about figuring it out as she went. You know, Whenever we talked about, you know, do you like weddings? Do you not like weddings? She's like, I didn't know until I actually tried it. I tried it, realized that there's some serious hardcore bridezilla out there. 
there, which was not necessarily a surprise. But just realizing that that you don't know some things unless you try. So for her, she was just kind of figuring out as, as she went. I also like that her journey was just all over the map. It wasn't like this beautiful, linear, smooth trajectory. It was, you know, I tried this, I tried that. Uh, I was in the, the DJing world. I was in the booking world. I was in the music industry. And now all of a sudden I find myself doing party planning and, and events and all different types of events. So let that be an encouragement to you that if you feel like your journey is all over the map, that's okay. It, it doesn't have to be this perfect trajectory where it all magically works out and you just follow the yellow brick road and it all comes together. It doesn't always work like that. In fact, it rarely, if ever, works like that. So great stuff. Uh, really enjoyed uh, hearing Connie's story. Hey, as I mentioned to you at the top of the show, we got a busy day. Again, like I've mentioned to you before, make sure that you are you are downloading, you are listening to these episodes on the days that they come out, because I don't want you to miss out on anything that we maybe uh, have going on. Later today, we are doing a, a webinar, I guess depending on when you are listening to this, we are doing a webinar today that I would love for you to be a part of. We're going to be talking about discovering and determining your passions, so uh, make sure that you don't miss out on that. You can go to grantbaldwin.com slash webinar. Again, that's grantbaldwin.com slash webinar totally free webinar and doesn't cost anything at all, but you do have to register to make sure you reserve your seat. So if you're trying to figure out what your passion is, or if you have no idea what your passion is, uh, make sure that you join us for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, grantbaldwin.com slash webinar. Also, as you may know that uh, next week, we're going to be releasing into the wild, releasing into the public, this course that we've been working on, Clarity Course. And so we are doing a free giveaway of the course. And today is the last day to register for that. So again, December the 2nd, you will want to register today if you have not already. You can go to grantbaldwin.com slash giveaway to register for that. Don't want you to miss out on it. Hey, also, uh, like I mentioned, we are doing a clarity course comes out next week. Super pumped about it. We are offering a bunch of free training this week to, to help people find and do work they love. That's what this show is all about. That's what the course is all about. Because here's the thing. Here's what I've noticed. You know, you can listen to people's stories and journeys, uh, and maybe you've listened to a handful of episodes. Maybe this is the first one you've listened to. Maybe you've listened to all of them. But it's one thing to listen, to nod along, to see yourself in someone uh, someone else's story. It's something totally different to figure out, okay, what am I put on this planet to do? It's nice listening to what all these other people do with life and how it is that they're making a living and how they've found work that they enjoy. But it's not enough to just listen to someone else's story. I want you to find work that you love. And so rather than just telling you about it, I want to actually give you the tools and resources in order to make that happen. So if you're someone who's like, man, Grant, I get it. I've been dreading. I, I just, I'm not digging my work. I'm not enjoying my job. I dread going to the office. I hate my commute. Uh, I'm not a fan of my boss or my coworkers. I, I cannot stand Mondays because I just know I got a full week ahead of me. If you live life where it's like, thank God it's Friday to, oh God, it's Monday. Listen, this course is for you. So you can go to grantbaldwin.com slash clarity or you can go to directly to claritycourse.com. Again, that's claritycourse.com. You can register there to get some uh, some different free training videos, some things to help you think about. Uh, we've released a new video yesterday that we want you to be a part of, that we want you to uh, listen into, where I'm just telling you about my journey, telling you about some other people's journeys, of people that have gone from just not knowing what it is that they wanted to do to finding that clarity that we're all looking for. So I encourage you to check that out. Again, you can go to claritycourse.com, and we will send you that, that free video. All right. Hey, as always, feel free to email me, grant You can hit me up online on Twitter at Grant Baldwin. Anything that I can do to help you and support you on your journey to find and do work you love, I am here for you. I'm cheering for you. I'm rooting for you. I'm in your corner. I believe in you. 
I believe that you were put on this planet to do more than just exist, to go through the motions of life, to dread work that you're doing. I think that you really absolutely 100% can find and do work you love. Otherwise, I wouldn't be wasting my time doing this. So uh, again, I really genuinely believe in you and uh, I want to help you on your journey. So I would encourage you, highly, highly encourage you to stop by claritycourse.com and uh, you can you can get some of that free training there. Again, we've got the webinar tonight, grandbaldo.com slash webinar, and the giveaway deadline is today as well. So that's a lot I'm throwing at you, I know, but I dig you. I believe in you. I'm trying to provide you with tools, resources to uh, help you on your journey. All right? You are awesome. Talk to you later. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.